PDPW On Demand. Here's Bill Baker. Hello, thank you for joining us and supporting the PDPW Weekly Podcast. We're hopeful you'll be able to take something away from this week's message with Tom Thibodeau. As Tom reminds us, it's times like these that we need to be practitioners of hope. One of my favorite commercials over the last number of years goes like this. Hello, my name's Tom Bodette from Motel 6. And then Tom Bodette goes on for 25 seconds explaining all the reasons we might want to stay in a new and improved Motel 6. But that last line's a dandy, isn't it? <laughs> Remember, we'll keep the light on for you. Seems to me a lot of people travel in the darkness these days. How nice it is when you kind of keep the light on for you. How important it is to be a messenger of hope to those people who face so much darkness. Around here, we have a lot of rural roads, and late at night when you're traveling, particularly in the winter, and you're on a dark, lonely road on the way home, just hoping that you don't hit a deer or get a flat tire, why is it nice to see a porch light on? In the midst of all that darkness, in the middle of nowhere, recognizing there might be help if I need it. Let's keep the light on for each other. Hope is an, is an ancient idea, and it goes back to the Greek mythology and the story of Pandora, of amazing, complicated story of, of the gods and humans. But Pandora is given a box. Actually, in the ancient Greek, was probably a jar, and was told not to open it at all. Well, after a while, her curiosity got to her, and she opened up the box. And the box was filled with all kinds of things containing sickness and death and viruses and other kinds of evil. And when she recognized what she had done, she strongly tried to get the top back on the box or the jar. And she was only to save one gift that had been left for humans, and that was hope. After a while, she began to see the affliction that had been caused by what she had unleashed. That what she saw were gifts. She realized she was supposed to have contained them. Now they were loose in the world. And so she opened up one last time the box, and there was the gift of hope in a very weakened state. But even in a weakened state, hope was able to overcome all the evils that she unleashed. Hope is a gift. Hope is a virtue. Hope is a strength that can be cultivated, nurtured, and practiced. Let it shrivel up and die. How do we strengthen hope that has been entrusted to us? How can we be practitioners of hope messengers of hope, signs of hope in our communities, particularly if we're struggling so difficult with so many difficulties right now. How can we ignite hope in others? How do we ignite a passion for hope and hopelessness? Three ideas I'd like to share today. One, hope is not an individual gift that belongs to the community. Just as a sickness has attacked the whole community, the community has gathered to fight it off. 
the community has come together to see what is it that we can do together we could never do on ourselves. When Governor Cuomo asked for volunteers to come to New York City and to help to fight off the virus, 25,000 people from across this country made their way to New York City to join the ranks of the people on the front lines. It was a community that responded. All of us recognize that by ourselves we're limited and we are weak, but together we're strong. What's very amazing right now is that the hopelessness is being spawned by social isolation. When I feel like I have no contact, when I'm not living off of the strength of others, when I feel all alone, and what are we seeing? Communities making extraordinary attempts to go out and to cheer one another on. I've seen on the TV I'm countless times people turning 90 or 100 and their friends and neighbors lining outside in cars or outside with signs cheering people on. People in New York City at 7 o'clock at night come out and cheer doctors and nurses and healthcare workers and custodians in a way they could never have done that previously. We are so much stronger together. We have to find ways to overcome our distance from each other and reconnect with each other. Signs that we are hopeful, not hopeless. A beggar approached a rabbi. The rabbi looked at him. Before the beggar could say anything, the rabbi said, Brother, what can I give you? The beggar smiled and replied, You already have. You called me brother. Hello, fellow human being. Hello, fellow traveler. Many times in the last week, I've been walking on the roads alone and across the street. On the other side, there's another person or persons walking. And I just look over and say, hello, fellow human beings. Words unspoken that we're all together. I've heard recently from a friend of mine that had his church. Somebody called up and asked for a list of parishioners who are over the age of 60 and has now made a commitment to calling everybody over the age of 60 once a week just to check in with them. Hello, fellow human being. You're not alone. I'm thinking of you. This morning, what was shared with me was a picture of Boy Scouts teaching each other on Zoom how to sew and make surgical masks. Boys, 10, 11, and 12, sitting behind sewing machines this week, together, they'll make over a 1,000 for local health care institutions. Hope. More important than being a person of hope is to be a hopeful community, an oasis where people gather and say, we are not alone. Second, we can become practitioners of hope by becoming people of gratitude. Both are intertwined because both are learning to look at what is, take inventory instead of what is missing. To be grateful today for the food that we have to eat, for the work of farmers, for the heroic work of truckers. Let's be grateful for all of our public servants Let's be grateful in the state of Wisconsin for all those people who went out and voted in a democracy, waiting in lines for up to two hours because they were grateful for the right to vote, 
grateful for a right that was protected and respected by our soldiers and people in uniforms. Look at the Army Corps of Engineers who have taken their stockpiles of materials and built out convention centers. Are we not grateful for their service, their expertise, their ability to serve and protect? Grateful people, notice what others seem to overlook. Grateful people, recognize the song of the bird, the sunset, the warmth of a breeze, trees in blossom, the smiles on the face of strangers. Gratitude is hopeful because we recognize that we are not always given what we want, but we are blessed with unexpected gifts. People are socially isolated in many ways, but families are having dinner. Children and their parents are playing games. People are finding ways in which to sing music out to each other over Zoom. Live concerts are exploding. Innovation and creativity is being unleashed throughout the world. Whenever I start feeling a little bit hopeless, those days when I start feeling sorry for myself, pretending I'm a victim, rather than being a grateful human being for the many ways in which I have been abundantly blessed, I think of my good friend Earl Madiri. Earl was my student at Viterbo many, many years ago. He was at the university for five years. And after five years, he had an opportunity to go on to the University of Michigan to get a master's degree in operatic performance. He had a full-ride scholarship to the University of Michigan, but in his junior year, he heard a different call to serve. In the last two years of his life, he prepared himself to work in the church where he was a choir director and a youth minister for $5,000 a year rather than an operatic performer. You can imagine that phone call home. Earl later went on and got his master's degree and came back to Viterbo, and my student had now become my colleague. Went on and got his doctorate. My student became my colleague, became my supervisor, was my best friend. And at age 40, he was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. Every time I start feeling bad about myself or my predicament, I think to myself, Earl would have loved to have a bad day. Earl would have loved to be able to watch his children graduate from the college where he taught. And one day, I had an opportunity to go in and sit in this room. The last nine months of his life, we walked that journey together, and five minutes a day we'd spend in his office. And one day I walked in, and he said, You know, Tom, because of the chemo and the radiation, I could experience neuropathy at any time, the loss of feeling in his fingertips. He was a marvelous musician, and he looked at me, because I can experience neuropathy at every time, I enjoy every string on the guitar, every note on the piano, grateful for the opportunity to play music and bring joy to the lives of others. Third, hope grows and deepens when it is shared. It blooms when it is given away. Because we have been given hope, we must be generous with others who may not have been as fortunate, especially those who are struggling right now. One of the ways out of this virus is that when you start feeling bad about yourself, 
think about someone else who could benefit from your hopefulness. Think of someone else who needs a phone call, who might enjoy hearing a joke. Carl Menninger, who is the president of the American Psychological Association, the founder of the famed Menninger Clinic, was asked, Dr. Menninger, do you have a cure for depression? And he said, yes, here's one thing that works. When you don't find yourself too well off, when you find yourself depressed, go find somebody who has it worse than you do and serve them. Hope commissions us to go forth into our communities, more love, more compassion, more understanding. Hello, fellow human being. We're all going through this together. Hope gives us more work to do. Service is love made visible, and that service gives us hope. Hopeful people are more kind and attentive to the needs of other people. Hope, it's never too late to touch the heart of another with the gift of hope. I'm reminded of the death of my my own mother. My brother had the great blessing of spending the last night of my mother's life with her. Took her to a soccer game where she's able to watch her granddaughter play a game, and she my brother brought along a lawn chair so she could talk to people. That night, my uh, brother took her to get a rip-your-float and dropped her off, and she gave my brother a big kiss. And my brother said, Good night, Mom. I really love you. And she looked at him and said, Mark, I really love you, too. I'm really going to sleep good tonight. She went to bed and woke up in heaven. And three days later, we had the wake right before the funeral, and people came up, and they shook our hand, and they would say, Your mom always had time to talk, always had time for a conversation. I hope at my wake, people will say, you know, he was a lot like your mom. He was a lot like his mom, always had time to share a word of hope. When she knew that her time was not long, had a roll of masking tape on her kitchen table, and you'd come to visit And she'd look at you and say, well, what do you want of mine? And I said, Mother, I don't want to have that kind of conversation. Oh, come on, you know, I don't have much time left. And it's the same thing that my grandmother had done, so she knew how to do it. What do you want? And you tell her, and she'd write your name on a piece of masking tape and put it on the back of that article. She said, I don't have much, but I don't want any of you kids fighting over my stuff. She said, what do you want? I said, Mother, I don't, just tell me, what do you want? And I said, well, Mom, I like those two you know, black chairs that you have there in the living room. She said, yeah, I know you like those. I'm giving those to Mark. I got her dishes. See, what was really extraordinary, even as she realized her time was short, she was dominated by generosity and hope, hope that her son and daughters would enjoy what she had worked for for a lifetime, hope that her family would continue on, not in argument, but in love and mercy and compassion for each other. Her faith and her love gave birth to hope that continues to strengthen and guide us each and every day. All of us are the beneficiaries of those who have gone before us, who have made sacrifices, who only hoped 
that our lives will be better than what they were able to provide. My name is Tom Baudet from Motel 6. Remember, we'll keep the light on for you. Thank you, Tom Baudet. Thank you for all the people that are listening here this afternoon. Let's keep the light on for each other. Let's be people of hope. Until we meet again, I hope that you and your family are blessed with good health and happiness. Our thanks to Tom Thibodeau for today's message, and our thanks to you for continuing to listen and support these PDPW podcasts. Feel free to go back and listen to archive podcasts at pdpw.org. Again, thank you for listening. 